Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. are uh, finishing our series called Don't Give Up Today. Um, I hope you've been inspired to keep moving because God has more for you. God has more for us. Um, And remember, when we talk about don't give up, I'm not talking about um, the the different seasons that we go through. Listen, we go through seasons, we come out of seasons, right? Sometimes, many times, really even even careers change, which is is interesting these days. I think I was telling Anna Lynn the other day, um, because there's so much pressure on our young people to have it all figured out. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Have it all figured out at a young age. Uh, That's just not realistic. Um, uh, Even your career uh, can be, it, it, is a, um, it, it is a destination, or it's a journey, it's not a destination. It's, it's, a, it's a journey, right? You, we just figure things out. I'm not talking about that kind of quit. I'm talking about our faith. I'm talking about God, the Word, what He's doing in our lives. These are the foundational things, worship, church. These are the things that will keep us moving His Word, Jesus, into the future, into what God has for us. So I encourage you, don't go up. Say, don't give up. Here's our verse in Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And in one version it says, in due season, in due season you'll reap a harvest of blessing. What what that means is there's something due you. There's something due you, right? Because of your perseverance, because of your pressing through, God does have a blessing for you. Your tough season will not last forever. This too shall pass. I know it doesn't feel like it when you're in it, right? It doesn't feel like it when you're in it. But listen, this too shall pass, right? So, but we have to believe that it's hard to really grab a hold of that when you're in something you've been waiting for a long time. I thought Emily did a fantastic job last week uh, speaking, preaching to us. Such a wonderful job. Um, again, along this, this line of, of, hey, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen right away, but if you just persevere and pray and believe, God's got something for us. And maybe you've already experienced your something, but if you haven't yet, you're going to experience it. I promise you, the Bible promises it, so don't give up. I think of, think of the first time um, I, uh, I started, uh, you know, singing, and I was young, um, and I, you know, I was just singing. I had a really, really high voice, higher than Steve Perry and Journey, by the way, way higher. So I could sing all those Journey tunes. And the funny thing was, my friend was a drummer, and I, I was probably, I don't know, I think it was in uh, maybe eighth grade. And so he, he, he's a drummer, and, and I, I'm a vocalist. We had this old little microphone to a, to a, uh, a stereo system, and, and he brought his parents downstairs to hear us, hear the band, two-man band, drummer, vocalist. And we sang, uh, we, we put the Journey song down low, and then I sang over it, and he played over it. And the, and the parents came down. I'm th- what are they thinking? They're like eighth graders singing. Um, I can't even tell you this song. I'm going to tell you this song. It was Love and Touch and Squeezing. Okay, that's the name of the song. Just to let you know. Eighth grade. Like, like really, right? We didn't know what we were doing. But we're singing this to these adults. I had my back to the, I had my, my, 
my back to them. I was facing the wall because I was just so shy and insecure. And that's why I, that's why I started this, this singing thing. So then I fast forward a little bit. One day, um, as I was uh, finishing a basketball practice, I'm in the shower and we're all just goofing around and I'm singing Jeremiah was a bullfrog just for having fun. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Come on, great song. He was a good friend of mine. Da, da, da. Right. So I'm singing this song and my coach happens to hear so this, like the story is my, my coach, Bill Vanderwood, uh, asked me one day, he goes, hey, I got a really good idea. Why don't why don't you sing the national anthem for the next basketball game? Or it was for a specific day where uh, we, were, we were honoring um, seniors or something like that, special day. And I said, that's not gonna happen. He goes, I'll bet you. If you can beat me in a game of uh, free throws, 10 free throws, if you beat me, you don't have to run the rest of the month. Everybody else has to run. You get to sit back while they, they run. <laughs> I said, all right. What happens if, 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 and he goes, if I win, you gotta sing the national anthem. I thought, this old guy? Like, I'm, 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 this guy's got to be, he's got to be in his late 20s, you know, <laughs> early, early 30s, this old guy. Well, little did I, I did not realize that this guy uh, played, played for Western Michigan. He, he, I think he averaged in the high 20s, low 30s, you know, I didn't know that. Basically, I get up there, hit like six out of 10. He goes 10 for 10. And he really went, you know, he made sure he, he, he showed me he went 10 for 10. My, my point is, I end up singing the national anthem a cappella at a basketball game. It was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. I wanted to quit the team. That, that's how bad it was. I wanted to literally quit the basketball team because I didn't want to get in front of hundreds of people to sing this national anthem. It was terrifying. No music, nothing. And uh, at the end of it, Standing ovation. You can hear a pin drop, but standing ovation. Now, this was the beginning of this journey of singing. I thought, I thought, man, what's up with that? So I, I began to sing weddings and, and events, and then I gave my heart to Jesus, and, and, and I'm singing in churches and in different places like that. It was really the door, the opening door of, of, of different things that would happen, producing CDs, writing songs, all because... I didn't give up in a moment. I didn't crack in that moment that I really wanted. I want to run. I'm going to tell you how hard that is. It's so difficult. If you've never done that, I'd never done that. I'd never sang in front of, the, well, the most people is two people. Two people. My friend's parents, me facing the wall singing. That's it. Into all of a sudden hundreds of people. But I'm so glad I did that because it opened doors for me. And it gave me confidence and courage to just do other things in life. Did you know that don't give up is in your blood? It's in your blood. It's in your DNA. Now, I have a hard time discussing this or really giving you the right picture, but I'm just going to go for it. Resiliency is in your spirit. And I've said this before. I'm always amazed when I think about this, when God decided to bring you into this world in that moment Suddenly, 500 million little squigglies, all completely different and with unique DNA, were moving forward and released, heading towards the mothership. You know, that's kind of how that works. Just research it yourself. 500 million, all with complete, different, and unique DNA. Only God could do that. 500 million. Now, if, if, you, if you do the research, um, they're off to the races, a 12-day journey to the mothership, kicking, scratching, and clawing, an elbow here, a few punches there, and guess what? Out of all 500 million completely unique and different, you made it. 
You won. You were the fastest and the strongest of them all. That's why I tell myself, wait a minute, I made it. There there really isn't a don't give up in me. There really isn't a don't quit in me. It's already in me. See, don't give up is in your DNA. And listen, when you combine your don't give up with your faith, the possibilities are truly unlimited. And by the way, you got faith. Turn to your neighbor, say, you got faith. I want you to hear that from your neighbor because it's not a question of whether or not you have faith. It's a bold statement with an exclamation point and another exclamation point. You got faith. Here's the proof, proof Romans 12, 3. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think. Don't get all proudful about this. But to think soberly or humbly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Each one has a measure. And really the Bible says the measure. It's not, oh, I have little faith and you have great faith. No, he's literally dealt the measure of faith to every single person. Do you know that you can actually operate and and see miracles happen in people's lives without even being Christian? Because you have faith. Matthew 7, 21 through 24, read for yourself. They were doing things for God. They were, they were, the miracles were happening in their lives. And, but Jesus said, hey, I don't even know you. I don't even know you. Which is, which is scary, but, it, but, it's, but it's, it's truthful. It's an honest, you know, knowing that, hey, faith is in us. Faith is in every single person. But not everybody uses this incredible gift. The Bible is clear that faith is really important to God. Jesus talked about it a lot. Words like, your faith has made you whole. Or because of your faith, you are healed. Or according to your faith, let it be done. And the list goes on and on. When the disciples were worried about future provision, everybody get worried about future provision? Come on, raise your hand if you've ever been worried about future provision. Is God, come on, ra- ra- don't, the rest of you guys aren't telling the truth. Just raise up your hand high. If you're ever worried about future, come on, <laughs> right? Two hands and a couple legs. When the disciples were worried about future provision, Jesus didn't respond lightly. First of all, he said, don't you believe that if I care for the birds and the lilies and of the field, that I'll certainly care for you? And then he goes, oh, you have little faith. And after Peter walked on water and began to sink, Jesus said this in Matthew 14, 31. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Peter, why did you doubt me? And I'm chuckling at that because I would have said, dude, you just walked on water. Way to go, Peter. Go and start a worldwide ministry. People are gonna wanna talk to you. But Jesus had something else on his mind, faith. It means a lot to God. You know, I tried to walk on water once. It was a pool. It, it was, I was like, all right, man, I got some faith. Early on in my faith, I can do this. There's a pool. Lord, just drumming it up, drumming up the faith. Come on, come on. And I'm running at it and uh, face planted right in the water. But um, because you know what? Jesus wasn't out there calling me. (laughs) He wasn't. There was a little floaty thing, but Jesus wasn't out there calling me, right? Like Peter. That, that That was the big one. Jesus didn't ask me to come out there. Probably asked me to go to my neighbor and help them out. Um, But at least I tried. William Newton Clark said, faith is the daring of the soul 
to go farther than it can see. Faith is important because it affects how we think, what we say, and what we do. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world and the devil. Faith is the only way we're able to stand, the only way we're able to live, and the only way we're able to love. We are born into eternity through faith. We are right with God by faith. We are forgiven by faith. We are healed by faith. We understand the mysteries of God by faith. We learn God's word by faith. By faith, we understand things to come. We walk by faith and not by sight. We even enter God's rest by faith. Faith is a source of our strength, our provision, our courage, our guidance. Faith is the only thing that will sustain us in the trials, troubles, and persecutions in these last days. Faith is important to God, amen? Look at this, Hebrews eleven six. 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. For he, us, who comes to God must believe that God is, he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That, that word he is is actually a powerful one. I love that there's a comma right after it. He is. It always reminds me of, it really means um, that he's the Lord. And the word Lord means he, he's present. The, the Lord isn't the future or past. Whenever you see the word Lord, it means he's right here, right now. He is right here, right now. So he was saying, do you believe in the middle of your trial, your persecution, whatever you're going through, that the Lord is right here, right now. See, faith doesn't say, well, someday he'll show up, or he did show up in the past. No, faith says, no, no, he's right here. He is right here. He's got his hand on me. I know he's working things out right now. That's what faith says. Excuse me, I'm gonna reposition this. It was on Emily's tiny head, and now it goes to mine. Um, therefore, listen, faith is the only thing Hear this, that will bring us close to God and to see him as he truly is. It's the key to persevering and the key to the harvest of blessing that we talked about in the staple verse. So today, listen, you're in a great place because you will hear the word. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can't tell you how important it is to shut your TV off, to shut your radio off first thing in the morning and open up God's word and just get faith going in your life. It, it, it's, it's, not gonna, it's not gonna help us to be distracted by anything else but faith in God. But when you are locked in to what God wants, your faith will grow. But I know what you might be thinking. Faith seems so hard to do. It's too difficult, right? It just seems that way. But this is what I've seen. We, we tend to put too much pressure on faith and others instead of putting all the pressure on God. See, faith is putting pressure on God, not you or someone else on his promises already written in stone, on his word that does not change, on his shoulders that can carry anything. See, we unintentionally try to pick up the rock, Jesus, instead of letting him carry us, letting him be our firm foundation. See, faith isn't as difficult as we think. It's actually more simple than we think. 
And did, you, know, you, don't need, you don't need a lot of it to move your mountain. You just need a mustard seed. So let's just try to make this simple. Because you might be at the end of your rope. You might feel like you're sinking. But God is reaching out right now to rescue you. He's encouraging you to have faith. And this is what I know about faith. Faith is actually inviting. See, we get so scared of faith, right? Oh, man, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I've got that. I don't know if I can try so hard. No, no, no. Try to get this picture. Faith is not that kind of guy, if he was a guy, if he was a dude. Faith is actually very inviting and welcoming. If he were a person, I see him laid back, very happy, joyful, kind of like a surfer dude wearing a Hawaiian shirt. That's what faith is. Faith is like, hey, hey, don't be scared. You don't need to be intimidated, right? Faith, but, but we have made faith so difficult. So, we've made faith so sterile and staunch. We've made faith so robotic. Come on, man. If faith was a person, he's just a, a dude you want to hang out with. A gal you want to hang out with, right? Hey, come into my home. It's going to be good. Optimistic, right? That's what faith, that, that's how faith is, I believe. Easy going, not worried, just ready to, to, to love life, not intimidating. And I believe, too, is faith, to make it simple, is just a doorway. It's a doorway. It's trying to give you a picture of how to access faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, for it is by grace you've been saved, here we go, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. In other words, faith, you gotta go through, some, faith is something you go through, right? It's not something you just buy at a store. It's something you've been given, but you gotta go through it, right? We gotta go through it. So faith is a doorway. Say faith is a doorway. Listen, and it's either open for business or closed. That's it. It's how the word of knowledge works. I love how the word of knowledge works. So in a setting, this has happened so many times. It almost happens every single week. What happens is, is that God gives maybe Emily a word or me a word or somebody else a word. Like, hey, um, God has spoke to me today and he wants to tell you that he wants to heal someone's shoulder. Someone's shoulder, all right? This has happened before. And so the word, we want to pray for your shoulder. And all of a sudden, the person with shoulder pain their faith, like Jesus knocks on that door. Says, hey, can I come in? They're like, yeah, come in, man. This thing hurts me. And they knock on the door. The door opens and they, we pray and all of a sudden, my shoulder. It's amazing what, what just happened. You guys hear that? But see, but see, listen, I know that, listen, I, listen when I say that, you're, some people are like, stay away from my faith door. Don't do that. Don't just do this. Do this. Oh, God, whatever. Lord, I know, I know I, I make mistakes. I know that, that, that I fall. But Lord Jesus, open up this faith door. And, and so what's amazing is that word goes out apparently for one person, but multiple people open up their faith door for that one word, and multiple people get healed. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that, that's, that's the science of how faith works. The, amen. The, the word comes to you, any type of word. 
Maybe it's for your marriage or something. All of a sudden, a word comes, hey, God's gonna restore your marriage. And maybe there's five people struggling in their marriage. And if you open up your door, I'm telling you, you'll get encouraged. Faith will rise and God can do a miracle. Come on. You guys get that? It's really simple. I mean, I, there's, we, we just went to a one-day conference of Randy Clark and he does healing ministry. It's, he just called for that. And he says, you know, there are times when God doesn't give me a word and I just start speaking out. Some of you have metal in your bodies. Now, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is true. You have metal. You've gone through surgery. You've had metal in your bodies. And God wants to just take that out of there. And I'm telling you, he says, God didn't even give me that word. But he said, multiple people come up. They got healed. Now, now, now they know something happened. They go back to the doctor, verified. No metal. Call me crazy. That's God. But how does that work? It works because we just say, you know what? I'm open for business today. I'm open. And I think the enemy who is, he's very religious, by the way. The devil's religious. He tries to, he tries to make that faith look like some guy in a three-piece suit that you could never talk to, ever. And no, he's just, faith is this guy in a Hawaiian shirt that says, hey, Jesus says, John 14, 14, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. I'm just, I'm just telling you what he said. You guys still here? I love how that works. Matter of fact, just, just a, a week ago, we had a work, uh, word about back. And uh, my good friend uh, said, I'm gonna, my back's been hurting. I'm going to put my hand back there. <laughs> Text me later, hey, my back's healed. <laughs> I said, praise God. Because his faith door was open for business. See, it's simple. You have faith in you. And God wants to, it to be open for faith. Listen, the devil does not want it open. He uses fear to close that door. And he'll say things like, uh, you know, he'll say, you say what, will, what will they think if they know I have a problem? What will they think if they know my marriage needs healing? And he'll try to use fear to stop your faith door. Come on. Or he uses pride. I can do this on my own. That shuts the faith door. Or shame. God won't do that for me. He doesn't love me like he loves them. He'll try to close that faith door with fear, pride, and shame. Those are the common roadblocks, blocks, lies from the enemy. So get rid of them today. So here we go. Throughout the years, I've noticed why faith is so needed and why it's so important to God because your faith will be faced, will be faced with these three, th these three things throughout life really quickly. The impossible. Listen, if you want to walk by faith, you will be faced with the impossible. Just know it. The impossible. It looks impossible to you. To almost everyone Jesus met, it looked impossible. I hate this part because I want to be able to manage my miracle. Right? I want to make sure that it doesn't embarrass me or cause me to be uncomfortable. To make sure it happens in the way I want it to. to, to. But faith doesn't work the way. Faith goes to work when it seems impossible. Come on. Everybody. Faith goes to work when it seems impossible. And faith goes to work when it seems unreasonable. It will defy natural law and human ability, but it will go against everything you've ever learned. Faith will always defy reason. He was just here a couple weeks ago, just kind of stopped by. I didn't get to talk to him, but, but I tell the story of a guy who, who uh, man, he, he had a very lucrative job. Beautiful house, neighborhood. Pretty much have anything he wanted, all the stuff he wanted, but he was something was up, something was up, and he says, "I feel like God wants me to quit everything 
go to Bible school. And he goes, he goes I, I went to a, a mentor friend of mine, and the mentor, mentor friend said, you've lost your mind. And this is what his response was. Well, at least I found my heart. Right? Amen. And he did. And he loves it. He loves what he does. He's helping people. I caught in the rat race. And you will be faced with the unreasonable, listen, and you'll be faced with the inconvenient. Yes, awkward, even uncomfortable moments. How many have known that when God calls you to do something like, ah, yeah, this is a little uncomfortable. This is out of my comfort zone, right? That's okay. I love what Jim Rohn said, author and professional speaker. He said, if you're not willing to risk the unusual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. If we're not willing to risk the unusual, we'll have to settle for the ordinary. So what's happening in your life right now that looks impossible? Are you facing a serious situation? Do you need a miracle in your marriage, your family, your finances? Do you need deliverance from a secret sin that keeps you trapped in life? See, when we face impossible situations that threaten to destroy us, God calls us to exercise faith or simply open up our faith door for business. Come on. First, let me just say this. This is really important. Jesus never failed to distinguish between doubt and unbelief. This is what we have to hear. Doubt is can't believe. Unbelief is won't believe. Doubt is honesty. Unbelief is stubbornness. Doubt is looking for the light. Unbelief is content with darkness. Right? So know the difference. Just be honest with God. Say, God, I need your help. I need you. That's what he loves. There are times in our lives when we're challenged uh, with something that seems to be immovable, impossible, and even unreasonable. It's then that God tests our faith to open the door of our faith. I say to see if we will put our money where our mouth is. So I want to show you as we finish right now, one of my favorite stories to inspire you faith, your faith as we finish. It's jam-packed with faith treasures. I want to read this to you and then give you just a few things really quickly. Only be here till three. What's up with this headset, man? Okay, it's the head. <laughs> Emily, get a bigger head. Uh, <laughs> Mark 5, 25 through 35. Look at this. A woman, oh, I'm gonna start at 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from, the, from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them but she'd only gotten worse and no better. In fact, uh, she'd gotten worse so at 27. She had heard about Jesus so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of the, her terrible condition. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you, Jesus. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith 
has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I love what her story teaches. Amen, that good? Her story teaches me a lot about her, her faith. Remember, faith is a doorway. It's either open for business or closed. Let's open up for business here for a moment. Faith opens in desperation. Know this. Faith opens in desperation. I've said this before, but faith begins when we come to our end of ourselves. Because our desperation will take us to Jesus, the doorway of our faith. He is the door. It's when we find ourselves at the end of ourselves that faith kicks in. Look at this, Mark 25, 26. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she hadn't gotten better. She, she only got worse. That's suffering. 12 years. But it wasn't just the flow of blood. It was the emotional pain. She was probably alone. Her husband may have left her. So she was living without affection for years. By law, she could not be around people. In their eyes, she was a weapon. According to, to Levitical law, whatever she touched became unclean. This means that she had been a social outcast for more than a decade. She couldn't go to church. She couldn't participate in worship. But she wouldn't give up. Even though she was drained physically and mentally, she was desperate. What about you? What about me? God wants to do a miracle through your desperation. He wants to bless you in your brokenness. Amen? I know we don't want to hear that, but we need to. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Do you love that? Yeah, we do and we don't. I don't want to go through crushing. I don't want to go through. But listen, desperation is the, is the front runner of your faith. I can prove it all the way through the Bible. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But I ask you today if you'd be willing just to allow that desperation to come out and say, I'm desperate for you, God. So faith opens in desperation. And listen, faith opens with imagination. This is so important. That's right, imagination. Studies show that most adults have little to no imagination. They've simply lost it. Now, kids have it. The Bible says that we're to become like children with imagination. That's literally how the invisible kingdom comes forward in our lives. You know that? Through imagination. Say imagination. Imagination's powerful. Well, how about her? She imagined a miracle and got it. Mark 5, 28, for she thought or imagined to herself. That's what that is. If I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. This is so important. She thought, she imagined. She never touched a garment for healing that we see, especially not Jesus' garment or robe, but she imagined it in her mind. She formed a picture of hope with her thoughts. And I wonder how many times we just never do that. We just kind of let all the whole world and everything happening in it overwhelm our imagination, our thoughts. When God says, no, close your eyes. Close your eyes and start imagining what I want, what my word says, and what I want to do. Have you ever done that? Try it. 
kids do it all the time. Why is it important for us to imagine? Because if adults have lost it, we got to show them how to get it back. Well, look what happens one chapter later after she imagines herself touching a robe which she'd never done before and she does it. Look what happens in Mark 6, 56. So wherever he entered the villages, Jesus, cities of the country, they laid hands, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him, Jesus, that they might touch just the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Where did that come from? I believe it came from her story. Did you hear that woman? Did you hear that story? She pressed through a crowd, touched the hem of Jesus' robe, and she was healed. I can do that. You can do that. Isn't that awesome? She inspired. She paved the way for others to be healed in that way. I love it. It sparked their imagination. Listen, imagination is so important, you guys. God gave man a tree. Man imagined a chair, a table, and a house. God gave man rocks, and man imagined roads and bridges and buildings. God gave man metal, and man made automobiles, planes, and rocket ships, and even that iPhone that I want to chuck sometimes and break. How? Imagination. Ephesians 3.20, now to him, God, who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Maybe it's time to get your imagination back. Faith opens with imagination. Faith opens with expectation. Say expectation. It's powerful, mountain-moving enemy-destroying gift from God. Matter of fact, I think that people that come to church with expectation have a high level of receiving what God has for them. So listen, even if you fought with your spouse as you drove in the parking lot, grab their hand, say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive us. We expect a miracle today. Come on. We can't fight because we don't drive together. <laughs> she drives several. I had to get her early. Earlier. Um, Listen, I can hear the expectation in her voice when I read this, Mark 5, 28, the Passion Translation. For she kept saying to herself, if I could touch even his clothes, I know I'll be healed. I think that's how she said it. She didn't say it. If I could just touch even his clothes, I know. No, she says, I know if I can just get there, I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. Expectation. I can feel it. Listen, there are some people who just overflow with expectation. Make them your friends. <laughs> get around them. Come on, get around them. Get around people who are, you're going to have negative people. Don't worry about it. You guys friends, you can't, don't say get, just get around more people who are positive, optimistic, who love God. Because expectation builds, literally creates an atmosphere for miracles. Amen? You guys here are so quiet. Just sinking in. Must be really good or not. Listen, flip the script. 
flip the script regarding your impossible situation by speaking with expectation, believing that something or someone will arrive soon, a harvest of blessing. Because God is committed to your expectation. Faith opens with expectation. We're almost done. And faith opens with action. Can't leave this one out. She didn't just imagine it or just talk about it. She did it. She put action to it. And this was not an easy action. She had to press through, even risk her life. This was more than just a mental ascent. She boldly and courageously came up from behind Jesus after pressing through a crowd. Mark 5, 30 says, everyone's touching him. Healing power. But this lady had faith. She pulled something from him. He felt it. So he turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around you, Jesus. How can you ask who touched me? We are touching you, they're saying. One version describes the word as a throng, meaning a large group of people gathered and crowded closely together, a multitude. Listen, this was no easy action. Say action, by the way, action. Action, say it, say action. Okay, good. But she had to press through with action. I'm telling you, see, listen, we all have people in our lives that we struggle with at times, right? Sometimes people are not nice, right? Sometimes, listen, sometimes in your own family, in our own family, sometimes in marriages where it's like there's a beef. Can I just, let's look at marriage a minute. Can I just ask you today to take some action Go sit down with your spouse or in that relationship and bury the hatchet. Take action to it right now. Don't let it go any further. I promise you that faith doesn't work unless you put action to it. So just do it. What's interesting is this, is many people thronged about Jesus at that moment, right? Many were crowded around him, touching him, and yet they didn't receive the benefits. Maybe they were just there for the show. Maybe they were there just to be seen. Even in our world today, many might come to church into the very presence of God and receive no apparent benefit like all of those who crowded around Jesus that day. God wants to intervene in your situation. He desires to come to your rescue, but he might be asking you for a small step of faith and immediate action. Amen? What does God ask you to do? What step of faith is he asking from you? Because faith is more than just believe, it's action. Let me finish this one last point. You guys good? It appears that she was choosing Jesus as a last resort, which many people do, right? That, that last resort prayer, that foxhole prayer. But listen, but I believe she wanted something more. Jesus himself, not just his hand, but his heart. I believe that she'd done all that she could, but when she heard about Jesus, his love, his compassion, his forgiveness, that gave her real hope. That gave her strength and courage to approach the king of kings, the king of love. Lastly, if you want to open up your faith door, it happens with his love. She was definitely happy, overjoyed with her healing, but she got something else that day. For the author of this book, Mark, called her woman, but Jesus called her daughter. 
Did you hear that? He called her daughter. My daughter, my son, it's almost more important than your given name. See, everyone, do you hear that? Not everyone knows they're loved. And that's the key. That's what she got. Let's open our faith door right on time, see? I've noticed this in life if you're going through something tough. Giants love to set up camp around your next promotion. Did you hear that? Giants love to set up camp around your next promotion. If it looks next to impossible, maybe you're about to go to the next level. And it's simple faith that you get you over the hump. Well, Dan, you don't, you don't know my story. I've got, I got too much to get past. My past is too difficult. I just want to give up. And I say, I totally understand. But I say, you've got faith. So don't give up. Because soon and very soon, I believe the word that says you will be rewarded with a tangible blessing from God, a harvest of blessing. Can we just clap for that a moment? Come on. I know, just get, get the blood flowing. I believe it. I believe it. Now listen, I'm right in the middle of something myself. Maybe you are too. Believing and trusting God to come through in some way. And, and I, let me just, let me end here. I, I'll tell you. There's, there's one place that God has been trying to get us all to in life. And that's with Him and Him alone. Even, like, I love Emily. She's, she's the rock star of my life. I mean, I tell you, she's, she's amazing. And I tell God how there's no other woman that could ever put up with me like she can. Like, you know, so she's perfect and she's amazing. But listen, she can't save me. She can't heal me. She can't deliver me. She can't protect me. She can't. But God can. And I believe God is getting us all where we find ourselves where you have no place to go except God. Come on. Now that seems to be a scary thing because now we got to trust an invisible God. But I'll tell you something. It's easy to follow a God you can see. Go ahead and make a calf. Follow your stuff. Follow your money. Follow people. That's easy. It's hard to follow an invisible God. And we live in a time where God says, you need to follow an invisible God. <laughs> well, you'll see me. I'll show you. You know, the Bible says, when, the, when, the, when God sends the Holy Spirit, you can see the effects of the wind. You see the leaves blowing. You know God's there, right? You don't know where he came from at that moment. But you'll see the proof of God in your life when you trust him and trust him alone. So God, we thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, that these four weeks, I don't know what we've all heard, God, but I pray that it inspires us. It causes us to take one more step with you, God, trusting you for something that you want to do in our lives and, and really that you want to do in us. Probably the greatest thing is what you're doing in us, developing in us, God, during this season. And I want to ask you here today and listening online, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, if he is not your rock, your life is on shaky, shifting sand. That when there's, a, when there's a rumble, when there's a season of, of, of trouble, your life's going to crumble. But I will tell you something right now. When you put your life on the rock, Jesus, when you make him your foundation, you 
will not fall. You will not, he will carry you, he'll lift you up. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, see, some people just want him as Savior, but not as Lord. It doesn't work that way. He needs to be Lord, King. If you've never done that, I want to lead you to a prayer online, simple prayer, but pray with your heart. Matter of fact, put your hand over your heart. All of us together as a family, we can just be reminded of this prayer. Say, say, dear Jesus, I've made mistakes, and I'm coming to you because I need you to give me a clean slate. So forgive me, Lord. Today, I ask you, to not just be my Savior, but to be my Lord. Amen, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.